0: It's time to get to work. This is Digging Deeper with Westtrack.
1: This is part two of our four part series on deriving return on investment in technology. It's part of Westtrack's recent webinar on the topic and involves a panel of subject matter experts, including General Manager Construction Industries Cameron Calloway, General Manager Client Solutions Chelsea Gray, and General Manager Technology, Alistair McPherson. They're joined by Dane Corr, who's one of the directors of diversified, Caratha-based earthmoving contractor and key Westrack customer, Core Group. In this discussion, we focus on some of the drivers behind Core Group's move down the technology path, how social licence to operate and environmental responsibility have become key considerations for businesses, and ways in which data can help drive better performance. Dane, uh,
2: I know that uh, following from that conversation you've been a real early adopter across your business especially of, of machine um, high precision technologies. Yeah. So uh, if you look across your earth moving business you know, pretty much every, every piece of plant is is having a high precision piece of technology added and you know it's exciting seeing how you're taking that business but maybe maybe give us uh, your view of why you've been such an early adopter and and what do you see as a, as the step change of of what are the drivers that are making you head down that path
0: it's it's quite interesting the last part you said was the an environment for, for people to work in because 10 years ago like when we first adopted technology it literally was to get efficient mm. how do we do it the most efficient way and we were growing and we were just, we were the young ones on the ground, doing everything ourselves. And as we grew, we realized that we just couldn't do everything. Technology gave us this chance to grow. We had a massive change in business model within our company and we needed the technology to to help us move forward. Now you go 10 years plus, every young, young generation is, how green are you within your company? And green is such an important factor for every new young engineer coming through, every kid in construction, now, it's green, green, green. Mm-hmm. So back in the day was efficiency and yes, we adopted it on the machines, On every single one of the machines now has technology and it's been a brilliant change. But it then it led to this fact of being green. So green, well, I'll be honest with you, was never the outcome at the very start, mm-hmm. but it certainly is. And through adoption mm-hmm. technology from 10, 11, 12 years ago, and I know we were ahead of the curve back then, and I know that we still are, Sometimes you push through boundaries that you're like, oh, I made a mistake there, and probably shouldn't have gone down that path, and it has cost, cost you, but overall in terms of attracting people, a great place to work, work satisfaction, yep. safety, and now greenery, because we are doing jobs a lot more efficient, a lot cheaper, mm. At the same time burning a hell of a lot less diesel. And uh, I think it's also now social responsibility to yes. do that. We are a growing company, and I think socially, if you have the ability to make a change, and for the good in the world, I think you have to now. And it's it's embedded within now that we do that for the right reasons.
2: I think that's a great conversation. Um, if we look at our business as Westrack, our social conscience yep. is something that we are very conscious of, and really our license to operate. And how do we, uh, you know, how do we make what we leave behind for for the next generation, and the generation after, better than it was before? So a lot of conversation about um, carbon zero to start with, uh, you know, social license to operate are uh, being seen as green as operations. I think what's really exciting from a Caterpillar perspective is the real drive from engineering to try and combine all of those together, and we're seeing that now with the with the design of both machines and services. So really focused on the machine being as efficient as possible and then a technology layer overlaying that that enables you to be consistent and reliable in in, in moving that. It's rather than con- a consideration of how clean the, f- the fumes are coming out, it's a real focus on the total job side and, and quantity of fuel burn.
0: You're listening to Digging Deeper with West
1: Track.
2: You know, Carbon Zero is, is sounds like a real lofty goal and sounds like a, a wild future. Where, um, where do you see that day, maybe starting with you from your business and what are the things that you're, you're already doing on that journey today and where, where you could see it
0: heading? I would love to be Carbon Zero. Oh, I still think maybe um i think in the mining sector i think the mining sector will get there before the construction sector i think there's probably a lot bigger money in terms of that and what's being invested like i do know of some mm. you know you heard recently some people buying some zero carbon trains and mm. some new big trucks come out which is quite amazing for the construction sector i think still think we're probably 10 15 years away of that technology pushing through into the smaller customer where i see it going look eventually yeah, it will be i think it'll be another fuel source i don't think it'll be electric all electric, I think it'll be probably something like hydrogen, to be honest. It's got to be another fuel source. We're just too remote to be able to plug into a power station along the way. Um, where it goes, though, look, it's going, to be, it's going to be driven by, look, the shareholder, and it's going to be driven on, on what demands of the market are. I can't say exactly where it's going to go. Sorry, I'm a bit stumped on that one. So.
2: Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe Alistair. Just, uh, I mean, I think the exciting bit is what we're already doing today. And Dan, you probably answered it in your prior mm. questions. Is you've been a very early adopter of mm. of seeing the journey. And, and I think it's a, you know, it's a journey. It's not a, it's not you open one door and, and you're immediately yeah. there. It's about how do we be more efficient each day, mm. and how do we tie engineering to that. And maybe Chelsea. There's so much, we go back to the use of data and solutions and everything else. How how do you see that supporting that same journey?
3: Yeah, so, I mean, in the space that I am in, um, I guess it is about that. How do we be more efficient day in, day out? So, you know, as as we talked about, a lot of the data can be used and we are using to help our customers improve the productivity. So, you know, if if they can move dirt at, you know, 5%, less than they were previously that's five percent less less carbon right just using the current day-to-day technology and then I think from a maintenance perspective there's a lot in it as well in you know again the remote piece like we've got a lot of you know movement around moving machines um, rework duplication because we don't have a clear view of what's going on so it's kind of we have to go to the machine see what's happening the technology that we have now is removing the need For a lot of that rework so that we actually can come prepared um, we can actually go okay this is what we need and we can go and get the job done quickly with one trip
0: you are right it's like it's it's not just about the actual job it's about the workshop it's about Mm. uploading designs and files before you can get to the job Mm -hmm. it's sitting with the engineers it's sitting with the architects and there's some jobs we've just completed now that i drive by and with our skill set machinery i look at that job and go there's no way in the world a human eye could now do that job Mm. Because it's all based off machinery and technology. And you're like, so imagine then coming back that two, three times. And as mm. you said, we've got to rework it, we've got to remeasure it. Yes. But if you've got the machine there, it's already connected mm. to the office, you send the file up, design. And as the machines going along, you're in real time seeing exactly what the machines doing. You're you're right. You're not reburning. You're not redoing the work. Mm-hmm. You're not sitting down idling. You're not dealing with the architect or engineer on site. Yeah. And those little factors. I know it might seem small, but that adds up.
3: Absolutely. No, absolutely. And that adds up. I even that the maintenance and the asset health piece, where you can pick things up before they fail, right? And so that you can actually,
0: yep.
3: you know, fix the smaller component rather than having to get a whole brand new component. And obviously all the the carbon and issues associated with
4: that. One of the other things that I think Chelsea's area will help with is um, the more data we're able to get, the better we can start to understand, like if we just talk carbon, we can understand where it's coming from and what's driving it and and how we're saving it. So even to your point of, if I don't now have to send a mechanic out to actually understand the problem because I know, then there's a a number of kilometres, and in in the Pearlbury in Western Australia, we're we're talking hundreds, sometimes thousands of kilometres of of saved travel. That has a, a direct carbon um, impact and I think in Chelsea's area being able to measure that, correlate that and then over time have those data sources where we can match that up your point number one it's an immediate saving yep. but over time I think it will inform us as to how to do that even better again so I I, I think it's a you know it's it's that first step we're going to take those steps because we don't quite know where it'll end up so I don't think to your point Dane we can necessarily say what it's gonna look like in five years no. but I think there's steps that we know we're gonna take and as we take those we'll progressively get smarter and, and better at doing it.
0: you I say if you had known what you had to go through at the start of the journey you would never have done it mm-hmm. and now you're <laughs> up to this point point. It's pretty cool, and it's ma- now it's maybe it's not about maintenance schedules now; it's about preventative maintenance. Mm. I know you guys mm. have your SIS program now, so every time we have an issue with a the machine, they go back into their system, which is worldwide again with Westrack, and go, "Oh, we've seen this problem over in North America with our machine. We go- let's go look at this point, mm. or we know this is going to happen with a machine at 5,000 hours. So we better replace this part." Mm.
1: Thanks for tuning in to part two of this digging deeper series on realizing return on investment in technology. We heard how data collection and interpretation are driving a predictive approach to maintenance and greatly reducing, if not eliminating, equipment downtime and loss of productivity. Part 3 focuses on the people element when it comes to the adoption of technology, how worker expectations and work practices are changing, the positive impacts of technology on safety performance and some of the considerations in regards to future training requirements. So be sure to tune in.
0: It's time to knock off for another episode of Digging Deeper with Westtrack. For more episodes, head over to westtrack.com.au.